All right. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this Wednesday edition of the Malaga Drive Hoops Betting Podcast. I am your host, Caleb. I'm a little stuffy this morning, but we're going to get through it. Uh, got my boy Sarge here. I, I don't know about you, Sarge, but we love Wednesdays on the podcast here. Usually, double-digit games. We get to talk basketball for an hour and a half in the morning. It's a great way to start our day. We're very excited, bro. How are you doing today? Good. 13 games today, bro. That's like an extra large slate. Delicious. What is that? That's basically half the teams in the league in the association are playing basketball today. Bro, only four teams aren't. Why? Well, yeah, that's some bad math. <laughs> no, we're good. Math, not my strong suit either, but. You know what we did? You want to know how I thought? Too. You want to know how I thought about this? I thought 30 teams in the league divided by two is 15. <laughs> Yeah, bro. That's awful. That's hard, bro. It is. It really is. Um, But when you have a game, there's two teams that play. Teams. There are two. New rule this year. You can't play yourself. Um, All right, let's let's do a quick recap of of yesterday. I can't lie. I was sad yesterday. I didn't have anyone playing in fantasy. I had practice, so I didn't watch a ton of basketball. I was like, I'm gonna drive a ton today, so I can be a little bit more free tomorrow. But I watched the highlights of all three games. Um, since there was only three, we can go through them. Uh, Sixers battled early on like we thought they would. Um, you know, we're winning for large stretches of the first half. Ultimately, the Bucks' talent and Giannis onto Dekumpo, like we talked about, war on the Sixers. Paul Reed had no answers. Andre Drummond had no answers. And Giannis onto Dekumpo stamped, had his imprints just all over that game. Um Again, that's that's you could consider that a pretty tough beat uh, for the Sixers in terms of having plus six, six and a half in some spots. It really was looking good all game. And then it's one run at the end. 48 minutes, guys. It's a it's a really long time um, to hold up. And we saw exactly there why you why you stay careful in those situations. Um, we did like the I, I especially like the Hawks plus eight yesterday, but that was before Hunter and Bogey got ruled out. Um, after that, it moved to nine, and you saw a similar thing. Utah was winning by a decent margin most of the time, uh, but Atlanta fought and stayed in it. He got a huge performance from Kevin Herter. Um, ultimately went down by 12, uh, but it was close-ish to that spread the whole time. And then Clippers, which I actually almost played. Um, what you thought was going to happen with Hawks yesterday didn't happen because Bogey and Hunter got, got ruled out. But I was thinking about the Clippers all day. Ultimately, stayed away. Um, but they got a big win at home against Portland. Anything that stood out to you? Did were you able to watch a little bit yesterday? Yeah, so I watched essentially the whole. Um, I watched essentially the whole uh, Philadelphia uh, Milwaukee game. If Tyrese Maxey isn't playing that game, they lose by twenty five. Um, <laughs> they had no offense. Furkan Korkmaz could not shoot. And he's usually, as you know, just a knockdown three-point shooter. Yeah. Didn't have his rhythm yesterday. Drummond, he's just a rebounder. So Tyrese Maxey was literally at the whole team on his back. It was really fun to watch. But um, watched a little bit of the uh, other games. I didn't watch much of the, of the Portland game, especially the first half. I turned on the second half just because I wanted to watch Paulo Bonchero. Yeah. Bonchero. Paolo, yeah. It was – I didn't watch it, Chad. I went back and watched it after, but Paulo was was just so impressive. I couldn't turn it off. That whole game was just really fun. What was um, it? What his line end up? At? Not that that's the final determining factor. I'm just curious. 
What the what? What did, what was his line to finish? 22. I think he had 22 and 7, but he was 7 for 11 for the field. Yeah, that's nice. It's it's going to be very interesting all year. Some some really good names at the top. Um, and you just see it more and more. We're, we're at a time where the NBA is insanely popular and you got kids grinding really since they come out of the womb. Chet is an insane prospect. I haven't watched a ton of Paolo, heard a ton of good things, but Chet just intrigues the shit out of me. And you did you see his line? Oh, yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, I think right he had over. 13, 12, 6, and 7. Yeah, just ridiculous. And, and, and I'm curious to see if he's more like a, like you said, a Rudy Gobert with a jumper, or if he's like more like a Kevin Durant with an interior presence, right? So I was listening to Mike Schmitz uh, on Sports Center after, and he said, it's and the I best. trust Mike Schmitz. That guy so do I. is good at his job. He's probably the best. Yeah. Like that's why he's in the position he's in. Yeah. He said that Chet Holmgren is the best defensive prospect that he's ever evaluated in his life. Even better than Evan Mobley. That's insane. And and yeah, I think you see a lot of people. I know we're getting a little off topic here. We'll get back to it. But um, I think you see the easy thing always, and I'm not picking on Chuck here, but like a, a lot of people is like, oh, he's too skinny. Will he ever fill out? You can tell a guy, first off, a guy doesn't get to this point without just understanding the game of basketball and truly loving the game of basketball. Like as a number one prospect, like, I just have no worries about that. I think he puts on the weight and, and he has insane instincts paired with insane length and, and tools. So it could be absolutely freaky with, with Chet. They've said that about every seven footer it, other than like Greg Oden and the dudes that are already just absolutely built like Kevin Durant. Always, he's not going to be able to fight. And he, like, he didn't even really matter. put on that much muscle, but it didn't matter because he's no, so No, that's what I'm saying. All, you just have to possess the tools and exactly. not be injury prone. If you possess the tools and you're not injury prone, which Chet isn't, I don't care about how big you are. So Yeah, no, 100%. But to get, to get back to those other games, I, I watched the Utah-Atlanta game a bit. It was honestly not very exciting. Donovan Mitchell played fairly well, but – I don't know. I, I just it just wasn't a great game. I feel like uh, Utah had control of the game pretty much the whole time. Um, and then Clippers Portland flipped it on in the second half, um, and it was Damian Lowe was just he was taking a ton, a ton of shots, but he wasn't making a ton of shots. So it's like the stat line looked pretty good, but uh, so, I don't, I don't yeah. know, man. I, and did you see his he was interview post game? Yeah, he's frustrated with fouls. And and it's fun. It's not funny, but it's like, dude. I mean, this is the way it's getting called. Essentially, what, what's happening is like any cheap foul that scores relied on is gone. So I think you just have to realize that and adjust. I don't think it's a look to to cry about it. You know, like I, I don't know. It just doesn't look good to me when you're struggling early on and your first instinct is man, the refs are on some bullshit when literally it's they're just not calling as many fouls. And and again, I, I'm sure there's some fouls that they've missed that are actually fouls. And that's got to be frustrating. But Dame's just got to go focus on on hooping right now. And it, it's and the Blazers. Are sim- go, go, ahead. go ahead. No, you go. I just Dame is so good. Right. Like, obviously, I, th- I still had him coming in the year. Second best point guard. But like, I think that's one of the knocks is like. There's some he goes through stretches 
that are – and everyone does to an extent, but I feel like every year he has a stretch where he's just not efficient at all for like three weeks. And I guess this year it's just coming out at the start. I think he'll still be fine, but it's just interesting to to see that interview after because it just kind of gives a look into his mindset right now, and it, it's just – it's not good right now. And they're similar to the Celtics where if – like – Tatum and Jalen Brown can be very good scorers, just like CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard, but they can also be very inefficient scorers. And when you get yes. both of them on an inefficient night, like you did last night with the Blazers, it's just extremely tough to win because their defense just isn't good enough. Yeah. It's they're leaving Paul George wide open for three. They're leaving Reggie Jackson in the corner multiple times, just wide open, yeah. no one guarding and missing assignments. So it's just, a, it's a really tough to win basketball games when your two best players are inefficient and you don't play defense. Yeah. I will say though, and that's Nurk- the tough part about that's the tough part about betting the Blazers is you don't know what you're going to get on a night to night basis. It's a, and that's the tough part. You're not betting. betting. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because these are two guys too that are like these are proven bets in the NBA, right? Like these are guys that have been there, done that a million times, and you still you you're not sure. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's jump into today's slate. First game of the day is the uh, Washington Wizards. Two teams very much out, outperforming expectations this, this year, and that is the Washington Wizards. Heading into Cleveland, uh, Washington is a three-point favorite on the road. Yesterday, this opened at four, and I almost hit the caps. And then I was like, dude, something just does not feel right here. Um, because I don't think there's a seven-point difference. I don't think there's a six-point difference. And uh, I don't know. If, if the books are just outing themselves as stupid and giving this, putting this line just because Sexton's out, I'd, I don't know. I, I'd be surprised. You know, like the books are good at what they do. And I don't think that they think Sexton's worth whatever he is. You know, like I, I think that the books understand where Sexton was at. I don't think they're going to attach three points to Colin Sexton. So I'm just a little bit confused about this line. And so I looked a little bit deeper and, you know, their last win, I don't think you can expect Rubio to do that every game. And each, each game kind of, they've, you know, they've had someone just step up. And so to me, again, I like the Cavs here and maybe I'm overthinking this. This could definitely be a case of it, but it just feels like the books know something or expect something or have seen something in this spot that points towards the wizards and, I, and i'm a little bit scared yeah i'm in the i think i'm in the boat of i think they're just giving the wizards credit um and a little bit too much credit and i just think i don't even think it's necessarily an overreaction to call in sections I, I don't think the books would do that i think there is maybe like a like at most to half a point the books would be able to move the line like at most with Colin Sexton but I literally just think it's the Wizards they've they've played a, a relatively tough schedule they played the Nets they played a couple other really good teams and they've beaten them or competed like they have been in and I don't think the books are buying into the Cavs yet I just don't because we've seen this multiple times right we have seen game after game after game I think it was three games ago against the Clippers where the line was just simply off with the Cavs. And we were like, why is this the line? They're at home. They're playing the Clippers. Clippers, the Blazers, they were six point dogs at home for the Knicks on the road. They were like seven, eight point dogs. So yeah, it's just. And they covered all those. Did they not? Yeah. 
they covered all the. So I just think the books are not, they're, they're not ready to give the Cavs credit. And I don't know why that is, but you and me have watched them and they're good. And they have two big men that are probably, in terms of protecting the rim, top. both top 10. Yeah. Evan, Evan Mobley, you can make a case outside of Gobert. You can't, I mean, no one's going to, you can make a case that he is affecting the most shots of the rim right now. Like, he is he's contested over 170 shots of the rim. The next closest is like 130 in terms of uh, of players in the NBA. The guy is having a real impact on defense. He can go out and guard one through five. I just this Cavs team is built to be in close games. Like that's just how they are. They're grinded out on defense. They have Darius Garland who can score and a, and he's perfect in the pick and roll with both of these guys. Evan Mobley can space the floor. You have Ricky Rubio now who can just jump right back into it. He can shoot the three now at this point in his career. He's a great passer. Um, you're going to have a – I don't really care who starts with a three, whether it be a Coro, Dean Wade. It doesn't matter to me. Um, I would assume a Coro closes and just plays for defensive purposes, and they throw him on, on Bradley Beal or something. Um, but this line is just simply off. I mean, if this is a neutral court, I, I make the line probably three and a three, half. Three and a half, yeah. yeah. I'm with you. And, and that's where I just am – I struggle. Like, am I really a, but the three point difference from the book. And, and again, I don't want to over, like overthink and overanalyze, but it just feels like something's. Off. It does, but they've been wrong the past, you know, three games with the Cavs. Is there something wrong in those three games too? They, they just aren't giving the Cavs credit. No, but this I, is also a wizards team that really? I have been not giving credit to all year. And they've just been kicking me in my butt. You know, that yeah, they're they're better than I think they are, but I don't I don't think it's this many points. Like, yeah, it's no, I agree, I agree. It's just, I mean, this Wizards team is, is legit. I mean, they they beat blow Memphis, a good Memphis team out. They beat the Bucks at home. Like, it's just a good team, and and I think yeah, beat I think the, the, Nets. Bucks, the books are over are giving more respect to the Wizards than the Cavs here for sure. But I just I just get this feeling that something's something's up here i really expected this to be close to a pick em. maybe was minus one and the fact that it opened at four just uh, i think i'm staying away and i hate that because everyone in our league is on it and, and that that even more so you know you have people who don't really talk about betting too much saying oh i'm all over the calves today it just something feels a little weird it really does. I think the reason our league's all over is because you and me talk about the Cavs a lot, especially me. I'm always on their lines, and I always think their lines are off. Sure. And so they're probably just taking it. my most profitable team so far this year. I think I've been on them two, two or three times, and they've won. Um, and also with the Cavs, it's, it's, it's not a team like the Wizards where there's not really numbers to back up why the Wizards are so good. If you look at, like, the advanced metrics with the Cavs, like, their defense has been so flipping good and, like, off the charts that it's kind of easy to, like, buy yourself into the Cavs. Where the Wizards, it's like, all right, they've been pretty good on offense. Um, they're scoring a lot of points, but, like, are, are they for real? I don't know. I, I just I, – I think the okay. line's off, and I – I totally understand. Are you? Okay. I get what you want to say. I get what you want to – stay away from it uh, there's definitely spots where i want to stay away from stuff like this but uh, the more i talk about it the more i'm just buying myself into this line I get, yeah i feel just it. wrong i feel it. looking forward to the the Cavs plus three tweet later and i think another part of it too is i had the opportunity at four and didn't take it so now we're at three it's it's 
it's hard for me as a better to buy in at a whole point worse when I literally have four sitting there. I feel like the opportunity has almost passed itself at this. If point. you can get it at three, I'm seeing DraftKings Sportsbook have it at three and a half. Bovada has it at three. If you're able to get it at three and a half, if your book has three and a half, I'd grab it there. Yep. Yep. Uh, I, I totally get that, especially because it's three up on both my books. So um, I will say at the time of this, bets are uh, pretty close to even um, in terms of the percentage. Um, okay. Let's move to the next game the Brooklyn Nets uh, against the Orlando Magic. Brooklyn getting 10 on the road. Not surprising. We've talked about it a million times. This Orlando team, you either get a really, really bad version where they get blown out or you get a really, really competitive version where they hang in there. Um, you don't know which one. 10 is short if you get the bad version of the Nets. Uh, or Sorry, 10 is short if you get the bad version of the Magic. 10 is way too much if you get the good version of the, the Magic. I'm not playing that guessing game today. Um, are you? And it's hilarious because I saw it, was, it got posted in chat today, a bunch of stuff, but the Magic starting five per 100 possessions have the best starting five in the league right now. They're 18 and a half points better than their opponent when their starting five is on the floor. No other starting five in the NBA has um, anything near that, which is Crazy. it's just hilarious. But, yeah, I can't bet on this game. <laughs> I'm just – it's – and on the other side, too, with the Nets, I don't know what Nets team I'm going to get. I don't know if I get normal James Harden or the James Harden I got last game where he just doesn't look that great great, and he looks checked out. So um, not not a game I want to be a part of at 10 points, and this could go either way. Like, if you told me Orlando won this game, I'd probably be like, eh, yeah. sure. <laughs> you go through their last four games, they blow the Timberwolves out by 18 on the road. Then they come back at home, lose by double digits to a very inconsistent Boston team. Then they lose by double digits to a very inconsistent San Antonio Spurs team. And then they beat the best team in the league in the Utah Jazz. Uh, so you, you just don't know. You would think off of a, a big win, you would think the bad version's coming, right? Just because they won last game. But you don't know. You really don't know. Anyone who tells you they know is lying to you. So uh, I'm with you. Let's move on. Next game, Toronto Raptors and the Boston Celtics. Two teams. Um really kind of going in opposite directions. Toronto Raptors started off the year pretty not bad, but weren't looking great first first game, really, and then really been been on the come up since there. Scotty Barnes looks really good. Fred Van Vliet looks good. They just got passed out back. Boston, on the other hand, um, I know you weren't super high on them, but there was some hype behind them with a new coach, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, uh, you know, talks of less ISO ball and just figuring it out as a team. Haven't really seen that. Now Jalen Brown's down with a hamstring injury. Um, Celtics are coming off a game where they lost in a close one to Dallas. And really, since their collapse against the Bulls, have looked better overall, right? They, they beat Orlando in Orlando. Then they go into Miami, pull out a huge win against Miami, and then down to the wire in Dallas. So really, those three games since the Chicago game have been good. Um, so for me, it, it's tough because I, I do think the Celtics are turning a little bit of a corner here. Again, they're without Jalen, but they are playing better overall ball since that terrible, terrible loss to the Bulls. But on the other hand, the Raptors, you know, the, they're a good team, right? They they lose to Brooklyn by final score was 13, but they were actually in that game for a lot of it. And then their last game against Cleveland, they were winning the whole game. Cleveland made a huge run at the end and won. Uh, but before that, they beat Washington in Washington. They beat the Knicks in New York. So, another one of these teams where it's like 
when they show up, they're actually pretty damn good, but they don't always show up. Um, and so to me, you have two teams that are very volatile. I don't know which one's coming. Uh, I think this line is fair in terms of just say, fuck it, pick them between the two, give yeah. the three to the Celtics. I think the line's fair here today. Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. This is a pick them on a neutral court. These two teams are pretty even. Um, I, I, I struggle with the, with the Raptors because Pascal Siakam, I, I would assume, is on another minutes limit at like 20 minutes. Um, they help. said he, yeah, and, and he, he's going to help in the 20 minutes he's on the court. They've been starting him at center, which is a bit odd. I don't know if they do that today with Robert Williams and Al Horford. Those guys are going to absolutely eat if Pascal starts at the center. They probably will start him at center. Um, so it's a bit of an odd matchup uh, in terms of the bigs. But yeah, if this is on a neutral court, it's 100% a pick in my eyes, like maybe a half a point uh, either way, maybe a half a point to Toronto. So um, I'm seeing the line at Boston minus two and a half. So I just, I think the line is just damn correct in this one. Like yep. no really value on either side. Just, it'll be a really fun game to watch, but um, in terms of value, there's nothing here. I mean, this yep. is just right on. Yep. I'm with you. Uh, next game, the Milwaukee Bucks head into New York. Four point dogs here today. Uh, Milwaukee coming in on a back-to-back uh, where they just beat Philly. Fly to New York, not a super long flight. Uh, New York coming off a game where they just beat Philly by seven. Um, so both both playing, coming off wins against a shorthanded Philly squad, but we have a direct look at, at both those teams against the same team. Um, I think the line's a little, a tiny bit short here today. I, I think I go, I, I like the Bucks plus four here today. I think I'd make it more of a pick them between the two um, on a neutral court make it plus three i know it's a back-to-back but uh Giannis Antetokounmpo is just the best player on the court by far here today um i know we say it every time the bucks match up against someone they have no one for Giannis. um but it, it, it's true here again today you know julius randall can't stay with him it's nice to have nerlens noel and mitchell robinson in the key but it, it's Giannis Antetokounmpo, right um and this Bucks team is, is coming off a game not too long ago where they lost the Knicks. So I, I really do think they'll be ready to go. I like taking, in my eyes, that extra point of value and even getting – I know New York's a tough place to play, but getting those extra uh, points on the road. So I don't know about you. I know there's no Middleton, uh, but this is a championship team with, you know, vets who understand how to play. And uh, I think the Bucks will be ready to go. I think this is a close one, and I think the Knicks could win this. Uh, but I, I could very easily see a game that goes down to the wire. And so I, I like the extra points here with, with the Bucks. And I think if the Knicks didn't handle the Bucks in a couple of days ago, I don't think the line would be four. I think it'd probably be three. Um, so I, I agree. I think there is a point of value here uh, on on the Bucks. It is tough, though, coming off a, t- a tough game yesterday and well, second yeah. half of a back-to-back where a, lot of their, where a lot of their starters played huge minutes. The Knicks got a, a day of rest. Um, It'll be interesting, though, because the Knicks here, there's a lot of moving parts for the Knicks. And when I say a lot, Nerlens Noel and Mitchell Robinson, those guys are huge for their defense, and they're going to need those guys um, against Giannis. Like, they're going to need at least one of them because if you don't have a rim protector against Giannis, at least to, like, foul him or, like, affect shots at the rim, if it's Taj Gibson down there, yeah, I, I like the Bucks even more if both of those guys miss. So pay attention. Like, I would assume Nerlens Noel sits. He had a kind of nasty knee injury. Um, looked pretty nasty. He got fallen on a, under the basket last game. If he is to miss and Mitchell Robinson is to miss, I, I like the Bucks even more. Um, yeah. And even if one of them were to miss, Mitchell Robinson gets in a – if Nerlens misses, if Mitchell Robinson gets in a ton of foul trouble. So 
Um, yeah, if one of those guys misses even, I, I still like uh, the Bucks. Yep. And, and even that last game, right, where, where the Knicks handled them, uh, they got a lot of hot performances. D. Rose especially just couldn't miss in that game. And, you know, D. Rose is a very good basketball player, but I don't know that we can get count on that level of D. Rose every single game. So um, I'm with you, bro. I like the Bucks plus four here today. Um, let's go to the next game, a uh, game that I know you will be tuned in, hopefully for you, KPJ suits up. Uh, but the Detroit Pistons head into Houston, combined two wins between these two teams uh, so far this year. Right now, books have it at about a pick them on a neutral court. Um, and I can't say that that's unfair. I think in my mind, I want to say the Pistons are slightly better, but I don't know that I can say that with absolute confidence, honestly. Um, I feel like the, both these teams are teams where you just see it firsthand. Young teams that mean well and grind, but they don't know how to close games. They struggle with run management. And you've seen a lot of times they just they have a stretch of a game where it's not good enough and it leads it just puts them in a hole. And I think you've seen that a lot of times. Um, I think a pick them is fair. Again, I'd maybe go a half point point better for the Pistons on a neutral court, but it's not a confident one, you know, and this Rockets team is still very, very talented. Um, and you've seen it many times this year, whether it be the Mavericks, the, the Nuggets last game, um, the Lakers, like they hang in there and they fight and they have a lot of talent. It's just about closing things out. I think it's a little bit easier to close out a team like the Pistons, but uh, for me, I'm staying away today. What, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I think there's some slight value on Detroit just for some of the reasons that you said. Uh, you got Jeremy Grant. I, I think Sadiq Bay is a lot more polished than some of these Houston guys. Cade Cunningham is is better than either of the two guards for, for Houston. Uh, I, I just think that Detroit is getting a, a little bit slighted here. I would make the line two, maybe two and a half. So, yeah, half a point, maybe a full point um, if you're really getting a, a decent Detroit team here. But I just I'm not confident in either one of these teams. They're both one and nine and one and eight for, for a reason. Like they're just super inconsistent and they don't know how to close games. They take a lot of really bad shots, especially from the point guard position from Kate Cunningham, Killian Hayes, uh, Jalen Green and, and KPJ. They take a lot of really tough shots. So, yeah, it's just not, not a game you want to bet on just for the reasons of two very, very young teams that don't really it's not really that they don't have an identity. They just haven't been in the league long enough to know how to how to, how to no handle the flow. Uh, yeah, exactly. There's, There's no, no consistency, and they don't know how to close games. Similar to like how I get frustrated with the Hornets. It's like you just they, they take turns taking bad shots for the end of games. It's not like you have a system where like you not necessarily like LeBron, but you have like a, a Utah Jazz type system where they know exactly what they're going to at the end of the game. It's going to be Donovan Mitchell isolation, or it's going to be just swinging the ball around until you get an open shot. These teams, it's it's isolation with Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, Kate Cunningham, like in pick and roll, and then they're just going to dribble until they take a bad shot. So it's, it's just not confident in these two teams enough to bet it. But I do think there is still like a half a point, maybe a full point on Detroit. If it, if this line starts getting a little odd, like Houston gets to three and a half or something, then I would like it a little bit more for Detroit. But uh, I'm seeing that three right now, and uh, I don't really want to play it. Same exact, same exact thoughts as you, bro. Um, all right, let's go to Hornets Grizzlies. Grizzlies as a four and a half point favorite coming off a wild game against Minnesota, um, in which they pulled it out in overtime. Hornets coming off a, uh, a both these teams went to overtime, a, a tough loss against the Lakers, where I was on them. 
Um, Hornets in a little bit of a slump right now, but I still think, you know, it's one of those normal season ones where it's just more because they're young and, and they fight their way out of it, kind of like the Clippers have already done in, in a couple other teams. Uh, Memphis is a really good team in my mind, but I know you've watched a decent amount of both these teams. I'll let you open it up and uh, I'll just respond to what you got. I think I'm pretty sure the Hornets were five and three at one point. So I think they've lost four straight. Maybe they they went on a West Coast trip and, and have lost every game. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And they lost to the Cavs before too at home. So they, they're on a five game skid here. Um, this is a pretty nice, this is a pretty, pretty nice spot for, for both teams in terms of like, all right, Memphis has been struggling a little bit. Charlotte's been struggling a little bit. I think they both bounced back here. <laughs> It's an interesting line, bro. One and a half. Like, because football. it may sound weird because the Grizzlies won last game, but Minnesota had no business being in the game with the Grizzlies. Like, the way I perceive the Grizzlies, they, they're they like a, a top six team in the West in my eyes, or they were at least at the start of the year. And Minnesota has been better than I think a lot of people thought, but they're super inconsistent. You got an insane D-low game last, last game where he was making absolutely everything. Um, and you're not going to get that a lot, but this is a, I think one and a half on a neutral core is, is extremely fair. I, yeah. I do you think, do you I think, think it's, it's off? I, but I like this Grizzlies team a lot. And I, and I agree that it's a good spot for the Hornets off of five straight losses for sure. Right. You know, they're turning it around one of these days, but I do think on a neutral court, I, I'd give the Grizzlies two and a half, three. Really? I do. I do. Wow, I, I, I mean, well, let's just go through their home games. Obviously, they, they struggled against Minnesota, but they still pulled it off. They beat a Denver team with Jokic twice. I think that Jokic team is better than the Hornets, right? They beat that Jokic team by nine and two. And then uh, they did have that terrible loss at home to Miami. Um, but opening night, they beat a really good Cavs team by double digits, too. I I just feel like it's, I feel like it's slightly short. I do, I do, but I do, hundred percent agree that this Hornets team is not as bad as this five-game losing streak in, implies, and, and they're going to turn it around at some point. And this is the thing too: if you go look at the Hornets game, right? They lost to the Warriors by a gajillion. They lost to the Kings by thirty, whatever it was. But the Hornets or the the Clippers game, they lost by fourteen. That game was they were winning the game with three or four or five minutes left. That game was not a 14-point game. They were in that game. And I just think the – I think the books are giving him credit. And I don't necessarily disagree with that because I, I like the Charlotte Hornets team. I think they're just in a, in a bit of a funk. And this is a get-right spot. I'm, like, I'm not worried long-term about them. I'm not. But I, I understand your argument from the other side with, with Memphis. Like – Memphis is definitely the better team. You can't argue this, but I don't know, man. The Hornets, Hornets are a good team, and they're just – they're on a skid. I believe in Brego as a coach. I think he's going to have them ready for this game. Um, and I, I'm just not ready to bet. Like, I'm, I'm not ready to yeah. bet Grizzlies right here. I just not. I feel it. I, I will say before we move on, I think it's another one of those thing, things, too, where you look at the Memphis Grizzlies, and no matter what point in the game they're in – They've got the depth. And you look at this Hornets team, I think we think they have a lot of depth. But really, 
the starters are Lamelo, Terry, Miles, Plumley, and Gordon. And when the bench comes in, when it's look, Cook, I don't even know. I think it's Cody. When, Cody Martin's been good this year, but like he can't be your best player off the bench. Kelly Oubre is not good enough off the bench. Nick Richards is definitely not good enough off the bench. Ish Smith has gone in and out of the lineup, but I, I just watched that a lot of that Lakers game and a lot of that Clippers game. And, and when the bench comes in, it's really, really not good. And the Memphis Grizzlies don't have that issue at all. So I just think over the course of 48 minutes, that bench being in there just hurts them a lot. And I think that's where Borrego is going to have to figure something out. I think he should yeah. mix in. That's a arms. hell of a point. That's a hell of a point, honestly. The more I think about it, that's that's a really, really good point. Because everything you said is spot on. The, the Grizzlies are so deep when you go to their bench. Like, it's insane. They're one of the deepest teams in the league. And the Hornets, right? I, I tweeted this out. Nick Richards is awful. He is so bad. The poor guy. I feel bad. But he is not an NBA player. Like, I should be in the G League. Like, I'm not kidding. He has yeah. been terrible. Cody Martin is whatever. But I don't know why his Smith fell out of the rotation, to be honest. I think it's because they have so many guards with Rozier back. There's just no reason for it. They're just rotating LaMelo and, and Rozier's minutes off of each other so that one of them is always on the court playing point and they don't need ish. But, yeah, I think their bench is, is a lot worse than we thought at the start of the year. And that's probably where they're running into trouble. And I, I just think that's a really good point, actually. Yeah. And then on top of that, you've talked about it more than anyone, like just the, the ability to close games from the Hornets, even when they have those starters. And it's, it, it has, I mean, they were up four with three minutes left in overtime against the Lakers and, and the Lakers went on like an eight Oh run to close that game out. Um, so I, I just think more things to me point towards the Grizzlies, but I do totally get that this Hornets team is going to have a game like within these next three games, the Hornets are going to have a game where they look really, really good. And it could be tonight. It really could be. So, and Jaws been very good at closing games on the other side. Uh, yeah, that's and that's why a little off topic, but that's why we value guys like Jaws so much. Even early on, when the field goal percentage and the three point percentage wasn't great, you could just see the dude is a killer. And when it when it gets down to it, he always shows up. He always shows up. So, uh, yeah, Eileen Grizz, nothing crazy. Yeah, I haven't locked it in, but. Uh, let's move on to the next game. The Oklahoma City Thunder are heading to New Orleans. And I, I love these type of matchups, man, where we get two teams that haven't matched up yet um, that, you know, you can have your opinions on. And um, it's it's just an interesting line between two teams that are uh, not very good right now. The <laughs> Oklahoma City Thunder, however, are sneakily playing some good basketball, bro. Last two games, they beat San Antonio at home and beat the Lakers on the road. Even before that, they lost to the Clippers, but they were winning for the for a large stretch of that game, right? So um, really been pretty decent in November. The Pelicans, I know you were very low on them. Um, I talked about it last game where they've actually hung in some of these games and just at the end have fallen apart, but they're now sitting on a – I mean, they've only won one game this year, but – Lost their last seven, um, <laughs> lost their last seven, um, and not very good either. So I, I don't know about you guys. I, I, who knows if Brandon Ingram's ruled in? It's it's a little bit different. Um, yeah. But I I don't hate taking the the Thunder plus four and a half here on on the road today. I was on them against the Rockets like the second game of the year because I remembered last year. Hey, they were actually pretty decent, um, and I think we're finally getting this team uh, somewhat somewhat locked 
locked in. I, again, they're not a great team, but I, I think this is a serviceable team right now um, that is is kind of, hey, we're actually pretty decent these last three games. Like, let's build on it. Uh, I like the Pel- or I like the Thunder getting a, an extra point and a half here on on a neutral court. I think you could argue it's a, it should be a pick'em, honestly, on a neutral court. I'm in the same boat as you. Like literally everything you said is is strong with both these teams. The Pelicans are they're one in ten, but they're more of like a they're more of like a three and an eight team or like a yeah. two and eight team. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're all, they're really bad, but they sh- like it's, it's, it's like really awesome. tough to explain. They're not absolutely like terrible terrible but they are very very bad and that's the, the weirdest part about it is they're a bad team with pretty good players like Devontae James good player <clears throat> you got Nikhil Alexander Walker Josh Hart you got J Val like there's good pieces on that team it's just they haven't been able to put it together and it's Willie Green is struggling man I, we'll see how long he lasts but like if they start one in or like three and twenty or something, I wouldn't be surprised that dude just got canned right off the bat. But oh my in, in terms of betting, in terms of betting, I think I I, I definitely lean um, Thunder plus four and a half. No doubt about it. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if if you saw a Pelicans team come out win by eight nine points and show. Look, we got the better players on this team. SGA is the best player on the court, in my opinion. But outside of that, I think the majority of the of the good players are on the Pelican side. Um, I think the the Thunder are much better coached as well um, and have better just chemistry as a team. But I don't know. This I, I like I like the uh, I like the Thunder, but it just screams like this is this is the the Pelicans' time to get a, a nice 100%. win. I know what you mean. Right. You, you come in and that's the thing, too. Right. They're one in 11. But a lot of their schedule lately, uh, it's been tough. Right. It's not like the Pelicans have been losing games to bad teams. They've, they've lost to the Mavericks, the Warriors, the Kings, the Suns, the Knicks, the, the Kings again, the Hawks. Um, their one win was against Minnesota. And then before that, Minnesota, Chicago, Philly. So they haven't had a single bad team to yeah. this point. And so you get that first bad team and you're like, all right, let's go. Um, so I totally know what you mean. I, I could definitely see the Pelicans winning this. I think there's some value on the Thunder here, but I, I'm not betting it just purely for that reason. Um, you get a hungry team that's 1-10, in 1-11, whatever they are, against a, a team that they know they can beat at home. Um, I, I'm with you. I, I think it's a little bit scary in that way. Um, all right, let's move to the next game, the Dallas Mavericks and the Chicago Bulls. Chicago getting three and a half at home implies about a half point difference. I think this line is short. I do. Um, I know the Mavs are, are going to get back into it at, at some point, but they don't look good. And, and I feel even more confident that saying that in that there's, they're seven and three, right? And it'd be easy to look at them seven, three. Oh, they're good. They're like second or third in the West, but listen to the, to the schedule so far. Pelicans struggling Celtics team Spurs. They only won by one Miami heat. Good. Okay. Kings. They got Nuggets. crushed by the Heat, didn't they? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Spurs, Rockets, Raptors, Hawks. It, it's just not – every good team, the, the good teams, the Hawks, blown out. Denver, blown out. Heat, blown out. And, and really every other one has been against a mediocre team. So I, I do think it's a team that 
as the season goes on, Luca gains more rhythm and then they start playing better and have a good, good stretch. I don't know if we're at that point yet, though. I really don't. And this Bulls team, I'll give them credit. I wasn't like super sold on them coming into the year in terms of like being up there, but they've looked really, really good so far. They're coming off a win now where they beat the Nets. They had two straight losses in, against Philly, but Philly's a good team. Um, so I, I think the, the line's just a little bit short here. I think I'd I'd make it almost a two, two and a half point difference um, between these two teams. So at home, I like the Bulls uh, minus three and a half here today. So so would you set the line at, at minus five and a half if you were maker? I'd set it at four and a half. I think I'd set it at four and a half, five. Five at most. Yeah, because I was going to say five. I, I would set this line at five. I, I think the, the Bulls are two. Maybe you can make the argument two and a half points better on a neutral court. I, I just think they're playing so much better than Dallas Mavericks. Um Mavs are just struggling, man. And this is another team in the Mavs where when they play good teams, they just – they look awful. And you said it. Like, they, they when they played the Hawks, they looked – I mean, that was the first game of the year. But they looked – or maybe – yeah, I think it was the first game of the year. They looked awful. The and game. then they, they play the <clears> – <throat> they play the Heat, and that was a nationally televised game. They struggled big time. Heat are a good team. But then you play a Nuggets team with Jokic, and that's about it. And you get blasted by 30, like – I don't know. I, I agree. I think this line's short and I'm, this is almost like lock in range for me here at three. Yeah. I really like this. I, I'm, I, I really like this Chicago team. I'm probably locking this in. Um, it's just a short, it's a short number and I could still see this going down to the wire. Um, I could, you know, Luca's on the other side, but um, I think the majority of the time the, the bulls do get pull this one out by more than three. And this is this math team too, real quick. It's, they're struggling with the rotations right now because it's the same problems that Carl ran, ran into. Kristaps can't play the five. He's too small. He doesn't want to play the five, play on the perimeter. So you have to start Dwight Powell. Then you're throwing Willie Cauley-Stein, not really an NBA player at this point. You are, you're, and then you have Jalen Brunson, who is so good with the ball in his hands, but you have Luka at the same time, and you want to play him on the court together, but it just doesn't work. So it's like – it's, it's just not working in Dallas right now, but they're seven and three, which is the, the mind blowing part about it. And they're not a seven and three team. I'd say they're, they're a 500 team right now. And yeah, at best, I think they go and, slightly uh, above 500, but they're not a seven and three team. And you look at the bench, it's Jalen Brunson. And then it's Frank Nitt, Lakina, it's Bobon, it's Willie Colley Stein, it's Sterling Brown, some Reggie Bullock, sure. But it, and, and here's the thing with the Bulls their bench has been sneaky good. Like AO's been good and i know it's tough to say because he's a rookie and it's hard to have an impact as a rookie he's been good caruso's been good javante green starting he's been good Derek jones jr has had an impact blocking shots affecting shots that they're in running running out in transition i've liked actually what he brought to them and they do a really good job i, I said this last time we talked about the look they do a good job of keeping two of these stars on the court at the same yeah. time and when luca comes off the court you get jalen brunson in but they really struggle so I, I like the Chicago team, and I like when to make runs when Luca's on the bench. I, I love that. I love, especially in a regular season game, like Billy Donovan makes – like Lonzo, Levine, Vooch, and DeMar all play like 34 minutes a night generally. Uh, and so when you have those guys playing that much, and really the, they have four guys off the bench at most right now. Right? It's like it's like Ao, it's Derek, it's Caruso, and maybe sometimes some – some Troy Brown, maybe sometimes some Tony Bradley based on the matchup, but it's, it's really a tight rotation. Everyone knows their job. And uh, it's, it's just a, a more well-rounded group 
Then, then Bulls are, we're, we haven't talked about this. Bulls are coming off a smacking of the Nets. Like they handled the Nets fairly easily. Like the, the game was close going into the third, end of the third yeah, quarter. Yeah, the Nets were up six off. and a half. But then the Bulls really just from there, it was over. It and was DeMar's over. playing out of it. And we like the Nets. This team is, is and we yeah, like I, of course. I, I just think it's just something to say about this, this Bulls team. They are good. Um, they're much better than I thought they would be, especially from a defensive side of things. Um, at the start of the year, like you hold a Nets team to under 100 points, that's impressive. So um, yeah. their defensive identity is a lot better than I thought it would coming into the year. And I, I just think this line is short, simply. I'm with you. I think I locked this in after, uh, after we get off here. Uh, all right, next game, a uh, game I'll let you get the lead on because um, I know you, you tweeted it out last night. Um, or maybe you didn't tweet it, but you posted it in the Discord. Regardless, same shit. Uh, Kings head into San Antonio today. San Antonio is still without Yaka Pirtle. This line is a pick em, implies about a three-point difference. Tell me why you like the Kings here today. So, first, we got to start. Tyrese Halliburton missed. Um, was it last night? No, two nights ago. Night ago, uh, he's questionable today. Yeah, he's questionable today with a back issue. That doesn't really – if he were to miss, yeah, it does make a little bit of a difference for me. But I like Terrence Davis as like a – kind of just a connector piece for a team and running around with um, for sure. Fox. And they have Davion Mitchell to up into the starting role. Yeah. Athletic wing who can shoot the three. Like, yeah, I'm with you. And, but, but still, and you we, hope, we hope Al Halliburton plays. Yes, of course. We hope Halliburton plays. But this line was off yesterday, in my opinion. I saw on Bovada that the Kings were getting a point. And if this – this is on a neutral court. I, I legitimately make the Kings four and a half points better. That, that might seem like a lot. Four and a half, maybe even five. If Halliburton plays, maybe in five, five and a half. I, I like this Kings team a lot, man. I, I think Harrison Barnes is probably one of the most underrated players in the league at this point. Um, Rashawn Holmes has been playing amazing. Bo Harkless just plays his role. And then Davion Mitchell has been really good off the bench. I know De'Aaron Fox is struggling, but – I. It doesn't. It hasn't really even made a huge difference. I know they're five and six, and the record doesn't look great, but they're they're a good basketball team. And I think the Spurs are. They have Dejounte Murray, but outside of that, Derek White's been struggling. McDermott looks terrible. McDermott looks like he should be on the on the G League ignite. It's just Drew <laughs> Eubanks is starting at center. Kelvin Johnson can't shoot the basketball. He just loves grabbing his rebounds and getting his stats up. So for me. This this Sacramento Kings team is is a much better team than the Spurs. I know you got Popovich on the other side, but I'm taking what I've seen with my eyes, and I don't really care that the Spurs are at home. I've watched some of their games. There's not a whole lot of people at Spurs games. Like, I don't know if you can give them a full three points at home. I, I don't know if you can. Um, and then you add in the fact that if this is on the neutral court, I'd make it four and a half, maybe five with Halliburton, maybe up to five and a half. Just think it's really short. In terms of if it's at a pick them, I still think there is value, and I still would like the Kings, but I got it at one. Um, I got Spurs plus one, which is all. If this line moves at all in favor of, of the Kings again, or excuse me, in favor of the Spurs again, and you can get like a half a point or a full point again, I, I would take it. I, the Sacramento Kings are just a better basketball team, uh, a much better basketball team in my opinion. No, I, I really – I can't say I disagree with anything you say. Um, I just think I'm a little – I think personally I am not as – You're down. higher on the Spurs than I am for yeah, sure. I think – I'm with you on the Kings. I, I'm completely with you on the Kings. I think I'm just not ready to to write the Spurs off yet, especially when they go and they, 
I know the Kings are off two straight losses. Um, Spurs just lost to the Thunder. Derek White shot 0 of 10. Um, you know, like there were Devin Vassell shot three of 12. Like, I just think that we can't expect that to, to hold up. And I think the role players definitely play better at home. Um, I get it. I think the Kings are, are clearly, especially without Jakob Pertl, clearly a better basketball team right now. Um, it just scares me a little bit. I can't lie. I, I think I'm I'm at I'm more in lean mode than play mode on this, but I completely get what you're saying, and you have a better read because I, you know, I I think you've probably tuned into some Spurs games for McDermott, which is hilarious, but I I I, I just am not sure yet. I'm not sure yet, but you I 100% have a better read and have watched the Spurs more than I have. I haven't watched a ton of Spurs, um, and so and yeah. it's tougher. It's tough for me to say this, too, because DeJounte Murray is the truth, man. He's developed a jumper off the dribble that's pretty good, very nice, yeah. and he's a great defender, one of the best defenders in the league, I can happily say. Like, he is a walk-down defender, um, great in transition. Uh, he, he is awesome, but I, I'm just not a – I'm not a Kelton Johnson guy. I like White. I think he's a nice shooter but not a huge – and I'm really high on a lot of these Sacramento Kings guys, like especially like the Harrison Barnes or Sean Holmes, two of the most underrated chippy guys in the league. Darren Fox has been struggling. If he has to get right game, I think the, the Spurs – or the, the Kings handle the Spurs pretty, yeah. I, I pretty com- well. I completely, I completely follow all your points, bro. I do. Um, I'll be tuned – I probably won't watch a ton of this, but I will be watching the box score all, all night long. Um, <laughs> rooting for Sardi on that one. All right. Let's get to the next game. The Phoenix Suns hosting the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, five and a half point favorites. Uh, Blazers obviously coming off this back-to-back where they lose to the Clippers. Um, Phoenix sneakily put together, I think, five or six in a row. Hasn't been pretty in all of them. They're obviously going through the Robert uh, Sarver drama uh, right now. Doesn't seem to have affected them too much on the court right now because, again, they've reeled off. Really, they haven't really lost um, since since the drama started. Um very interesting line again. We got five and a half. Probably is about a two and a half point difference. I think the Suns are more than two and a half points better than the Blazers. I do. Um, but we talk about bounce back spots. Um, Damon and Damon CJ just missed too many shots yesterday. And it, I, I don't, we didn't talk about it too much when we were previewing or recapping, but Yusuf Nurkic looks pretty damn good right now. They're limiting his minutes. I think that's just more of a early in the season, keep him fresh with a guy who's c- consistently been hurt. But he looks really, really good in his minutes. They still have Norman Powell. They still have Rocco. I like Anthony Simons off the bench. Um, I, I, I think the, the gut, the gut first reaction is this line's a little short for the Suns. But at the same time, it's again, it, it could be, it could be a bounce back game for the Blazers, bro. It, it really could be. And five and a half is just getting to the point where it's like if it's close at all, five and a half is is enough to protect a team. So I don't know about you, but I think I end up laying off this one. Yeah, I lay off too. And a lot of it, if DeAndre Ayton is in, I think it's definitely short. Um, but DeAndre Ayton is going to miss another one. It's going to be Frank the Tank uh, and JaVel McGee, the idiot, in there playing a ton of minutes for them. So um, maybe even some more campaign minutes, honestly. Uh, but, yeah, this is uh, to get right spot for the old, <clears throat> the old Blazers who are very frustrated – Obviously, Dame's pissed. When Dame's pissed, he's probably going to come out and drop 50 tonight. Um, I do agree the line's a little bit short, but I'm not really interested in embedding this game. Yep, I'm with you. 
All right, let's move to the next game. This is a game that Sarge and I were talking about late last night. Um, I was hoping uh, – so I, I was on my Action Network app. Nothing had come out on either of my books. Nothing had come out on, like, major books. Um, but on my Action Network app, it, it gives, like, the line consensus, and it was saying Pacers minus one and a half. I was like, I'm ready to go on that. Give me that line, and I will sign up right now. Um, and I wake up, and it's three. And I think that is I, that is still something I'm considering. Um, I do. Six points is pushing it a little bit, but I'll, I'll tell you why I like the Pacers here today. First off, let's go. Let's start with the Pacers side of things. First off, they're getting Malcolm Brogdon back. Uh, I think he should be ready to go and, and playing today. And I think that is obviously a huge thing. Malcolm Brogdon is a huge part of their offense um, and honestly, a huge part of their defense, too. Second thing, the Pacers, after a pretty damn slow start, right, they started one, with one win in their first seven games. In November, though, they beat San Antonio at home handedly. They beat the Knicks, who we were on the Knicks in that game, handedly. Uh, they lost to the Blazers, but the Blazers played really, really well that game, and, and the Pacers, really, they were up eight in the fourth, and the, and the Blazers just came back and won that game. Arguably, the Pacers were the better team through 48 minutes. Um, and then they go into Sacramento against a team that we just talked about is a lot better than people think and want to grind it out game. Again, this was without Malcolm Brogdon. So I think you come back, Karis LeVert has infused some life into the offense. They're starting to play a little bit better defense. Uh, early on in the season, Carlisle was benching Miles Turner out of nowhere. Uh, Miles Turner has been phenomenal so far, and they've been clearly a much better team with him on the floor. He's erasing shots at the rim, five blocks in his last game. Um, and then we go to the Denver side. Look, I, I'm actually a lot of times I'm of the mind of books overreact to big players being injured because a lot of times teams step up and obviously it affects them. But a lot of teams, they you see it even with the Sixers without Tobias and Joel, they've, able, they've been able to step up and play well. But in this case, Nikola Jokic is about as valuable to his team as anyone in the league. I mean, literally MVP last year. The offense runs through him. Like, the, the whole system is Nikola Jokic. And so now that guy is, is gone, you have to figure a lot out. And it's not just Jokic. It's MPJ, too, and Jamal Murray. So I, I don't know. I, it just feels short for a team that is definitely playing their best basketball of the year and then a Nuggets team that is without their best, arguably, three players right now. They'll need a huge Will Barton game. They'll need a huge Monty Morris game. And even then, it's still – that I think it would go down to the wire. I like the Pacers minus three today. Um, I get that six is a lot on a neutral court, and Denver's a tough place to play, but uh, am I crazy? No, because this is what you're taking off the court. You're taking off <laughs> a dude that's shooting 60% from the field, 40% for three. The Nuggets are 33 and a half points better when he is on the court per 100 possessions. Nikola Jokic's offensive or just advanced stats this year are ridiculous. I'm looking at them right now. When he is on the court, they're 14 and a half points better. When he is off the court, they are 19 points worse. You do the math on that. They're 33 and a half points better when he is on the court. Like <laughs> it's him and KD for me. You take him or KD off the court for their respective teams. Oh, and the line some Steph, bro. Put Steph in there with them. No. Where's Steph. where's role players too good? Where's role players? Way too good. You just you put Andre Godal in there, it fills the exact role. But <laughs> okay, bro. 
But it's just you're taking Nikola Jokic off the court. Like, if you saw that that Indiana won this game by 42 points, you'd be like, ah. I'm not really surprised. Nikola Jokic isn't playing in this game. You yeah. have no Jamal Murray. You have no scoring. Like, Will Barton is the only guy that scores the ball for this team. Like, Aaron Gordon's not a scorer. You have Green, Jermichael Green, Monte Morris. Like, I just don't know who's going to put the ball in the basket for, for this Denver team. And and, and it, uh, it'd be one thing if it was the Pacers team from early on the season, right? But, like, it, it's a – I mean, you go down the line, it's a good team. Like, Malcolm Brogdon – Justin Holiday, Chris Duarte is playing well, Karis LeVert, Sabonis, Miles Turner, T- your boy TJ McConnell. Like, it's not a bad team at all, despite the record. And you're going to get a bunch of – it's going to be like playoffs, but it's going to be playoff Denver Nuggets without Jokic. Like, it's going to be yeah. Austin Rivers. No, TJ either. I know he's been bad, but – he can at least get hot and carry you for stretches of games. You don't have that. It's just not enough consistent offense for me. Yeah. The more we talk about it, the more I think three, you, I mean, I would make, maybe it's like, it could even be like seven and a half on a neutral court. Like you can to like seven and a half. On a I, I think I set this at four and a half. I do overall. Like, yeah. Like I think I, if I'm a bookmaker, I'm setting this at four and a half. I really do think the Pacers have a sizable advantage personnel wise and I think they're they're just coming together as a group and, and on top of that they haven't played since Sunday right so that the rest thing is you know the, the injuries and freshness is not an issue everyone should be healthy and ready to go I, I give me the Pacers here today for sure I already lost I feel is, I is the Pacers I feel like the implied total for the Pacers is a little low too you think I'm off of that I mean the total of this game is 205 and a half and they're favored by three points I feel like yeah. the Pacers go out and score like 115 points in this game. I don't know. I, I know Denver's – like Jokic it. has actually been good on defense too this year. So No, I, I do like that. And you go back to the Pacers. Uh, I, I just think it comes – I think it comes down to it's just a slower-paced game. Carlisle yeah. really likes to slow it down. Denver Denver likes to slow it down. They probably slow it down more so with Jokic. So, I agree. If you if that What's that team total sitting at? Like 102, 103? Yeah. 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 I think it's one of three. I, I, I think that's a good lift too. I don't hate that at all. Um, all right, you ready to move on? I will say, guys, I uh, it, during the process of all this, I have locked the Pacers minus three, and I, I ended up locking Bulls minus three and a half too. Um, all right, let's get to another game. A game I have locked as well. Uh, Warriors. I locked minus seven last night. I personally, right now, have it at seven and a half. I don't know. I think. I think it's still seven in some spots, um, but I have it at seven and a half, and I will tell you why. Um, I don't think the Steve Wolves team is is terrible. I don't. Um, I, I think this really comes down to the Warriors, and I know you guys are going to, whatever, call me a homer, but I watch every Warriors game from start to finish, and I can tell you when they're playing good. I can tell you when they're playing bad, and there were not a lot of times last year that I was on the Warriors. In fact, there were plenty of times last year where I faded the Warriors, um, but it's just a completely different team. Um, and I think over the course of 48 minutes, two of one of two things happens. Either Steph goes crazy or he garners so much attention that you really – you get Jordan Poole, Otto Porter, um, Nemanja Bielitsa. Like, you just get guys wide open shots. And who knows if they make them. But generally, throughout the course of 48 minutes – 
I feel very good about the shots that the Warriors get. Um, and we've seen it. Last game against the Hawks, I don't know if you knew this, but that was a prime Hawks spot. The books knew, felt like it. They, they gave their, it was three and a half. It shouldn't have, quote, been three and a half. But that was a Hawks spot. And it didn't matter because Steph Curry completely took the game over. And again, they won three out of the four quarters. But 48 minutes is just a really, really tough task for a team to stop this Warriors team at home from going on some sort of run. Like eventually a large run will hit and it's up to the T-Wolves if they can weather that. I don't know that I've seen enough to, to feel confident. And on top of that, it's D'Lo, right? It's sure they'll, they'll mix in some Patrick Beverly, but it's D'Lo as a primary defender. And I, I just think this team is absolutely I haven't I haven't seen this team this locked in in a really long time. And so I think there would be some concern of, oh, they've won this many in a row. Is this a you know trap game? They're locked in. They they want to get Chase going. They've talked about it like we are locked in every single game. And so I just think seven's a little bit short. here. You're basically saying it's a four point difference. Um, and I get it. The T-Wolves have had their random games. Even you go to last game against Men- Memphis where they just hang in there. Um, but I-, I really do think over the course of 48 minutes, the majority of the time, the Warriors are going to go on a run that puts this game away. Um, and they're just – they're playing – everyone understands their roles and no one's selfish. And I know I'm rambling on about my Warriors because I'm very excited, but it's just really good basketball consistently. And so I, I-, I take the Warriors minus seven here today. I know you – D'Lo Hall of Fame game is, is coming, though. You know the Warriors better than anyone, so I think you just said it perfectly. I just I worry about D'Angelo Russell's defense. He's a lockdown defender, one of the best defenders in NBA history. Might lock down Steph here tonight. Yeah. <laughs> if that happens, bro, I'll live. I'm no, but I think, I think everything you said is correct. These Warriors are on another level. You can make the argument they're the best team in basketball right next to the Heat right now. Yeah. Or Jazz. But, yeah, so you're with me. Are you playing it? I probably won't play it. I, I think it, – It's like – I think I'm not – Spurs game. I, I think I'm not playing it because it's seven is a lot of points, and I know they're at home. I know the Chiefs are going to be rocking. I know the Warriors are probably better than four. I'd make it four and a half, maybe five, but I just think – I think seven is a lot of points. And if you told me that, you know, the T-Wolves had a nice game and, and ended up – you know, hanging in there, losing by a couple points, I wouldn't be too surprised. So I, I think fifty percent of the time, maybe fifty-one, they cover seven, in my opinion. But you have a better read on the Warriors than I do. You watch every single second of every single game, yeah. and this Timberwolves team is so up and down, and I cannot get them right. I just don't want to bet Timberwolves games anymore. I hate it. Those games piss me off. I don't want to bet T-Wolves anymore. I get you. Before we move on, since their home loss to Memphis, uh, which they were winning actually till late till Memphis. They won by 21 against the Thunder. Uh, they won by 22 against the Hornets. They won by whatever 26 plus 15 is. I don't want to do that math, but I think it's 31 against the Pelicans. They won by 13 against the Rockets, and then they won by 14 against the Hawks. So it, I, I have too much data now to say, like, if the, if the T-Wolves hang in there, I think it'll be because they had a really good game and they outperform. And props to them if that happens. But, again, I just think the majority of the time the Warriors win this by double digits. So, uh, I'll take it. I'm going to try not to overthink it. Um, and I'll take the Warriors here today. All right. Let's get to the last game of the day. I love it because we always get the Warriors-Lakers back-to-back. 
your LA Lakers hosting the Miami Heat. I, I came into this saying, hey, I, I really want to. How be- is that line? How is that line, bro? That just showed you. Yeah, the, book, the books are with us. They realize this Lakers team is just not it. This team is not playing good basketball at all. I was hoping we could get Heat minus two. Even that line implies a five-point difference, which is pretty big. Tyler Hero's questionable on top of all of this. Um, fuck, dude. I, I still like the Heat minus four and a half here today. I don't know if I'm going to play it because you'll see AD can keep you in games when he's going. Um, but I do – I the, the part of the reason I like this a little bit more is, too, is the Heat coming off a, a pretty – Tough loss to the Denver Nuggets. I think they're fired up and ready to go today. Uh, but Tyler Hero being questionable and AD do give me some pause here today. Bam is questionable too. Bam is questionable too. I didn't even know that. So yeah, you're if Bam's not suiting up and Tyler Hero's not suiting up, you you can't hit heat minus four and a half in my my eyes. But I don't see any reason why they wouldn't suit up here today. Um, I think you've seen Bam has missed the game, but you've seen him be questionable like three or four times and suit up. So uh, we'll see, but what, what's your overall read and breakdown on this game? Yeah, I just you got Anthony Davis on the other side is probable, and just hate the Lakers injury reports, man. Like super annoying. But Carmelo Anthony is shooting like sixty eight percent in standard. The guy is just losing his mind from three. He's shooting like ten a game and knocking on six or seven of them. It's just keeping the Lakers in games by himself. If we didn't have Carmelo last game. We would have got waxed by the Charlotte yeah. Hornets and. I assume this game, the game plan for the Heat is you put Bam out of bio on Anthony Davis, and every time he touches the ball, they're going to double him. They're just going to double Anthony Davis every time and force other guys to make uh, to make shots. And make someone agree, other think, than Anthony and Melo beat you. Yep. And that's what teams have been doing. The Hornets did that all the last game except for Melo. They, they just they doubled Anthony Davis every time he touched the ball. He still had a good game, but just when you're throwing the ball back out to Austin Reeves, Avery Radley, Russell Westbrook, and they're taking shots, it's Kent Bazemore, DeAndre Jordan's on the damn court. It's this Heat team is just so much better than than this Lakers team. And four and a half is a number. It is a, it's a number. It's a it's number. a big number. It implies seven and a half on a neutral court. And I can't really argue with it. I mean, I was telling you, I probably set the line at, at eight on a neutral court, seven and a half, eight, eight, maybe eight and a half on the wing. But I think this line is is it's pretty spot on, and I don't know. If if you get Bam and uh, Tyler Hero ruled out, I still don't even think I'd take the Lakers. I'm not jumping on the Lakers even then. Yeah. Um, just because Howard. they scare the shit out of me. Yeah. And for me, I'm so frustrated with the Lakers, I have to, like, get myself away from them right now and not bet games that they're in because yeah. I, they're literally so bad in my eyes that they're worse – they're worse than the New Orleans Pelicans in my eyes at this point. I just I can't stand watching them play basketball. It's so frustrating as a fan. But um, yeah. yeah, I'm just not going to bet this game for for those reasons. But if I do have a lean, it'd be Heat because I've just seen the Lakers play so horribly. If we didn't have Carmelo Anthony, I'm not kidding. We would we would have two more losses on our record. No, 100. percent But Carmelo's hooping, and I think you have to take that into account. Like Carmelo is legitimately a bucket off the bench every time he comes in, an efficient one which is, again, we don't know how long that lasts, but for the time being, it's really helpful. And and at the end of the day, you still have a, in my eyes, still a top 10 player in AD when he's healthy. So um, They might even put some Jimmy Butler on Anthony Davis too. And Jimmy Butler's a dog, so. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, it's just, they have all the pieces to throw out Anthony Davis. Yeah. So, guys, 
to recap on a loaded 13-game slate, we'll go from the top. I'll go first, Sarge, and then you can go. Um, lean cows plus three, but I, I feel like the value's gone, and I really do feel like something's a little fishy there. Um, I lean the Bucks plus four today. Um, I lean Grizzlies minus four and a half today. I have played the Bulls minus three and a half. Um, I lean the Kings pick them. Um, played the Pacers minus three. Played the Warriors minus seven. Lean the Heat minus four and a half. Whew, there's a lot of games. <laughs> um, I'm pretty much on board with everything you said, but for me, I, I definitely lean Cavs um, three and a half, plus three and a half. Uh, another game that I really like here is going to be um, the Kings. If you can get them at half point or one uh, right now to pick them, I still like the Kings. I think they win this game the majority of times um, that they play. I, I lean Indiana minus three. Uh, I, I think I'm in the same boat as you. When you take Nikola Jokic off the court, man, it's a huge, huge difference maker. I mean, the stats speak for themselves. When he's on the court, this team is, is not a good basketball team. Um, and, and they're only six and four with Nikola Jokic. It's scary what this team might be without him. So um, I, I do lean Indy minus three. Um, and then do I have any more leans? There's so many damn games. It's so hard to keep track. I like Chicago as well, um, minus three and a half. I think that's a really nice bet, and, and I think Chicago is much better than half a point on a neutral court against the Dallas Mavericks. Yep, perfect, bro. I'm with you. Let's get into some DFS. I played one lineup yesterday. I wanted to play a little bit more, um, and it is frustrating because, again, three games slate, so I think that's part of it. But one, two, three, four, five of my guys were fired. Um, I had Maxi. 50 at only 28%. I had Bobby Portis at 58% at 44. I had Drummond at 59%, 52. Had some Cam Reddish uh, at 9%, some Paul Reed at 22%. Uh, but what ends up fucking it is John Collins at 18% goes for 15. And Ferk at fifth at 49 goes for 19. PJ, PG also probably didn't get quite uh, the game I needed. Needed Kevin Herter. And, and that's where yeah. a night like last night is the perfect night to gamble on Bogey and Hunter missing. Because basically anyone that plays Giannis, generally they don't they, – they probably have Drummond and Giannis. That game starts – it's tough to switch on to Herter in a lot of these lineups just based off of construction um, or even Reddish. But if you gambled, played Hunter and – or sorry, Reddish and Herter, you had a huge, huge edge on everyone. That lets you go uh, get, if you had were able to get Herter with Giannis, despite the news coming out later. That was huge. I don't know about you, uh, but I, I just missed the money in my one lineup. How'd you do yesterday? I swapped on a 50% Herder, and then I swapped on a 25% Gallo who had four fantasy points, and then I swapped on to uh 25% Cam Reddish, who didn't really pay off. But I still didn't – I didn't have enough Tyrese Maxi. I had one Tyrese Maxi lineup uh, out of 10. I thought the price was high, and I thought there was a chance that – the Bucks might blow him out, but Tyrese Maxey went nuts and it killed me. Um, I would have had a huge, huge night if, if I yeah. if I had more Tyrese Maxey, but um, I didn't have enough. I had a lot of Dame and PG as well, so um, yeah. that kind of screwed me. But massive slate today. It's going to be pretty tough to break this one down. Yeah. There's look at this. There's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. There's 17 people that are 10K or more today. Yeah. We're going to do our best to be as concise as possible, but 
there's just no way we can touch on everyone, and it also is very early in the day. But maybe we do. Maybe we do our three. We'll do our three favorite expensive plays. We'll do our three favorite value plays, and we'll do like our three favorite leverage plays. That's perfect. You want to start out with expensive? Sure, I'll start out with the pay up options here. There are some dudes that are priced up on this slate. Oh, Anthony Davis is up to 11 1. Russell Westbrook is up to 11 3. I am not playing those guys. Uh, if, playing. I, if I had to lean, it'd be AD. That's just an insane, insane price. Um, Steph is up to 11 7. Oh yeah, my God. There are some prices. My favorite play here is going to be Jason Tatum at 10 4. And Without Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum gets a huge, huge bump. Um, I'm curious to see where the ownership is, but it's got to stay in check on this big of a slate with this many dudes. He had 57 fantasy points last game, um, shot the ball efficiently, but I assume he did more than 19 shots in this game. And I I think OG is going to be on him, but the assist numbers for Tatum has been low this year. I would expect those to go up. Uh, I could see a huge game from Jason Tatum here. That is one of my favorite plays on the slate. Uh, in terms of expensive options, I love going back to John Morant, too, at 9-9. The price keeps going up with him, but it doesn't even matter for me. The dude's putting up 47 fantasy points a game. He has huge upside. I love the matchup against Charlotte in what should be a fast-paced game. Uh, that should be uh, – he shouldn't be owned either. John Morant's going to be extremely low on. That's what I love about a lot of all these studs. And then my third favorite payout option, I don't like either of the Brooklyn guys against Orlando. It scares me. Um uh, um, I think Towns deserves some love too. Uh, yeah. against the Warriors. He's been playing not great, but this is a great spot against the Warriors. Kevon Looney is going to be guarding him. I'm not sure. Maybe they'll get some Dre on him, but this is a smash. Oh, spot for, for sure. Trump get Trump. some Dre on him. But regardless, it's a smash spot for sure. Yeah. Um, he was one of my guys um, that, that I'm taking a look at too. 10, seven, just a, a little bit below some of these big, big, big studs. Um, I definitely like him. And I, I, again, because it's such a large slate, you can play any of these guys and you're going to get decent ownership on them. You're not going to have to worry about probably get sub, You probably get sub 10 on all of them. All of them. Maybe like some of them get to 15. So, yeah, I would yeah. say maybe Giannis gets there um, in terms of ownership. Uh, but even him, he's 12-3. But again, you, you see almost a lock for 60 at this point without Middleton um, if the game stays close and it goes down to the wire. Um, all right, I'll get to a couple of mine. I, I honestly I really fuck with Jimmy Butler. At, at nine six, um, again, you're getting him close to two k. You're getting him almost three k less than Giannis, two k less than Russ. You know, two k less than Luca, Steph. He's basically the cheapest stud, right? Um, and so again, I don't think you're going to get a ton of ownership if Bam doesn't play or Hero doesn't play. I think that leads to more usage. You're just seeing a really, really locked in Jimmy Butler this year. I think this is an MVP type of campaign. I don't know if he's going to win it. Um, MVP type of campaign for, for Jimmy Butler. He's been extremely locked in this year and he's not reliant on any one thing, right? He'll get you steals. He'll get you blocks. He'll get you rebounds. He'll get you assists and he'll score when he has to too. So um, at sub 10 K when a lot of people are going to go up and pay for some of these large options, I like Jimmy Butler today. Um, I think he rates really well as a points per dollar guy. I say it all the time. I'll go back to JV too. Great matchup against OKC. Again, I, I think it's just a name value at this point. Like, at this point, you can't tell me that Demonis Sabonis uh, deserves to be a, a grand more than Jonas Valanciunas. You can't tell me that, you know, even a cat deserves to be 
uh, almost 2K more than JV. JV eats in his minutes every single game. And, you know, unlike in the past on Toronto or Memphis, where sometimes this man's going to get limited to 29, 28 minutes, he has the freedom in New Orleans because they don't really have anyone else there. And a lot of these games, he's hitting value, and the game's getting blown out, right? They, they got blown out by the Mavericks last game. He still got 43. They lost by 30 to the Warriors, and he still put up 44. He's hit value in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight out of his last nine, and he continues to get no ownership. And I know he's been priced up a little bit, but that Thunder team cannot hold JV. This is going to be a smash it's spot. At home, they finally should be in a somewhat close game. JV could play 35 minutes and legitimately 2020 with a couple assists and a couple blocks. I love JV today for sure as well. Um, my last guy was Cat, but I'll give just like a, I guess a bonus guy. Um, so many guys, dude. Yeah, <laughs> so many guys. Give, give me, and we're going studs of the studs. Uh, no, give me DeJounte Murray, honestly, at 9-7. I know that seems like a lot. I don't think he'll have any ownership. And he's low-key. Probably 1%. Yeah, he's playing like some of these guys at the top, right? He, he really is. He's shown 70-point upside. He's shown 50-point upside. Um, and I, I just really think that game is, is close. Uh, like, I, I totally get why you think the Kings win, and I think they can. But I, I think it'll be close. So, give me DeJounte. Um at 9-7, I like him a lot, too. Especially because, again, Giannis, 12-3. Russ, 11-3. Luka, 11-4. Steph, 11-7. Domas, 10-2. Cat, 10-7. Harden, 10-6. Lillard, 10-1. Julius, 10-3. KD, 10-9. You know, there's just – it's a grand more from a lot of these studs. Um, I, I, Dude, if, if you told me DeJounte was 1% owned today, I wouldn't be surprised. So, uh, I like DeJounte today. Yeah, we can get some value, guys, now. I'll lead us off. Denver value here today is going to be ridiculous. Like, there's going to be some some ownership going to these guys. You got Jeff Green at 3-4, Jim Michael Green at 3-2. I think both of them are, are good plays. I don't know who starts. I don't know what the heck their starting lineup is going to be, to be honest. Like, uh, there's no MPJ and no Jokic. I know Jeff Green got the start last game, I'm pretty it's sure. Off. So, I think Jeff it's Green – What? It pissed me off. What? It pissed me off. So I think Jermichael Green and Jeff Green can both start in this game. I think they're both great value plays. PJ Dozier is 4-1. Composo, 3-5. You play in Bones Highland, I think, is a great play at 3-3. He'll get more minutes. Just ridiculous. Yeah. I, I love PJ today. I, and I think he should start. I don't understand why he doesn't. I assume Malone just likes him off the bench and what he brings. Um, but PJ is a guy who can actually score the rock a little bit. He'll get in some rebounds, some assists. I like PJ because I think everyone's going to go to Jeff Green. And I will say I love, love Jermichael Green. He doesn't get a ton of minutes, but when he plays, he does produce. Uh, should be safe for minimum 24, 25 minutes tonight. I think uh, my favorite play is going to be Bones Highland, bro. I, I, the more I think about it, sorry to cut you. No, you're off. good. 3-3 three, three for Bones Highland. They need scoring in this game. I talked about it. Who the hell is going to score the ball for them, dude? I, I he, he came in last game and took a ton of shots. I watched the game. He, what did he take? He took seven. I wouldn't be surprised if he came in and off the bench, took 15 shots, played like 24, 25 minutes. So I really like the upside of Bone, Bone Talon at 3-3, and I think he'll be the least owned of these value guys. Agreed. Because it doesn't translate, right? If, if, if Michael Porter 
Jr. and 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 Jokic miss, people go Jamal Green, Jeff Green. They go to PJ Dozier. They're not going to go to a point right. guard, but doesn't necessarily translate like that in DFS. They're going to run guys that they uh, that just play basketball and put the ball in the basket. So I think Bones Highland could be a really really sneaky value play tonight. Uh, I love that call. Um, and again. When all that ownership is going to go straight to Jermichael and Jeff, it's just it's the a positive expected value to go hit PJ Fasundo Bones at way less ownership than these other guys. Um, and again, because this slate is so massive, a lot of these guys, if this was a four game slate, huge shock. Um, but I don't, I think that'll be suppressed a little bit because it's a huge slate. A guy who I think is by far, in my eyes, not even close the best value today. And as a result, I think could get chalky, but I think deserves it. And I'm hoping he isn't super chalky because it's such a large slate. Do you know who I'm going with? Gary Payton, maybe? No. Ricky Rubio. 5-2 today. Oh, yeah. Against the Washington Wizards at home. No Colin Sexton. Coming off a ridiculous game against the Knicks. I don't think he does that again. He was going Kobe mode in the garden last, last game. Um, but five two is just way too cheap, and I'm hoping that we get it sub twenty because of how large this plate is. Uh, but sign me up for all the fucking Ricky Rubio you can handle out five two today. He should play a minimum 33, 34 minutes, producing at this to this point this year is producing at one point one fantasy points a minute. Uh, should absolutely smash value here today. I love Ricky Rubio, but that's almost yeah. Fun. Let me give. Let me give one more value for me. I've been on this guy. I think he's been no, not owned at all in the last couple of states. He's going to go completely under the radar again. I'm going back to Garrett Temple. You look at his minutes. The last three games, 34, 26 in the blowout against Golden State, and 35 last game, three steals, three assists, six rebounds, only scored 12 points, only scored nine or only shot nine times. It doesn't matter. The guy has put up 30 fantasy points in two out of the last three and played huge minutes. He's just – they need offense on that team right now because they have no Brandon Ingram, no Zion. He's been playing huge minutes. He's just going to run out there and just fall into stats. I really like Garrett Temple as a sneaky leverage play off of some of these Denver guys. For sure. Garrett Temple is going to get zero ownership, zero, zero ownership. And it's because he's Garrett Temple. It's because he's in New Orleans and it's because it's a huge plate. I love that call. Uh, let me give you one more call. Uh, give me some Daniel Tice here today at 3-7. This game should stay close. I think that's the biggest thing with with uh, Daniel Tice is when it when it blows out, they pull him and they run Sangoon. On top of that, Sangoon today is questionable, so you have even less risk of him getting uh, less minutes. In the last two games, he's been really really productive um, in the minutes he's played. It's his job's a lot easier because Christian Wood gets a lot of the attention, KPJ gets a lot of the attention, but he's a guy who Stephen Silas trusts, and and people don't realize like I think people would think oh like they signed. Ties to whatever he got four years 38 36 million in the offseason like they clearly want him to be there so he's three seven today in a game that should stay close at home shangun's questionable i think he flies under the radar and at three seven low ownership i wouldn't be shocked at all if he, we got a 30 30 spot from daniel today love that call bro really like that call it's a great leverage and value play yep. um i got i think that yeah, go for it. Go for it. One last one that's a little bit more rare, um, but it's kind of confusing. We got a guy at the minimum who has essentially, I think, started every game. He his game isn't super fantasy friendly, um, but.
but in a very the Warriors love to get up and down. So I I don't I don't hate Jaden McDaniels at 3K at all today. I think again, everyone runs to that Denver value. Um 3K, we finally saw a good game, fantasy game from Jaden last game, put up 11 uh 25 at, at the minimum. Um, oh my god, he's fouled out of three of the last four games. There you go. Yeah, so that's why. If he can play the minutes, they're gonna want his defense. He's clearly one of their better defenders. Um, I, I like him at the minimum too, and I think he's another guy that just people gl- glance over. This has got to be the craziest fouls I've ever seen. Six, six, four, six, four, four, four. This guy gets you four fouls a game, but that's a great call, dude. I was on him earlier in the year, uh, Jaden McDaniels, because you just have to look at, at, at just minutes, right? Like, sure, he probably plays at like half a fantasy point per minute, which is awful, but some of the, it's similar to PJ Tucker. These guys are going to fall into stats when they play 29, 30 minutes a game. And the variance with him is huge. He can go out there and score five. He can go out there and score 35. What that does is make people not want to play him. And he grabs rebounds. If he can get you 10 and 10 and get you a couple blocks, it's really nice at the minimum. So I think that's a great call. Exactly. Thank you, bro. I'll get get into a couple of leverage, guys. And this guy I have been on over and over and over and over again. And I'm going to keep doing it. Here in Fox at 8-2. Yeah. Um, He just hasn't been playing well. Yeah. He just hasn't been playing well. And – Another great spot for him, but I know just last game 24, five and four with three blocks and three steals. I think he's starting to get into a slight rhythm. He's finally knocking down some shots. He's hit seven or more in in four, in four straight games. Um, I love the pace of this game. I know DeJounte Murray is a hell of a defender, but a lot of times in the NBA, you switch um, and you get a big on you, especially at the point guard position. I think it's a get right spot for De'Aaron Fox. I've been on him constantly. The minutes are going to be there. He just – there's going to be a game where he gets you 10 assists and, like, seven rebounds and scores the ball. Um, and we know what he can do with steal. So, really like De'Aaron Fox as a leverage plus. I love that call. Um, and he was one of my guys, too. Next guy for me, Cole Anthony. If I told you uh, – listen to these last couple games. If I told you you could get a guy who scored 41, 40, 34, 61, did have a bad game at 26, but then 45 and 51 – at 7-7, at home, probably less than 1% ownership, you'd be like, sign me up. Um, so I love Cole Anthony today. I don't think he's going to get any ownership because it's a magic. People are going to worry about the blowout. It's also Cole Anthony, and we have a very, very small sample size of him being this good. But it's reaching the point where it's like, all right, Cole Anthony is, uh, again, it's one thing to do it for 82 games, but right now, at this point in time, Cole Anthony is playing like a very, very good player. So you're getting him at 7-7. Against the Brooklyn Nets, he's a New York guy. Um, you know he's going to bring it against the Nets. And he's not even that expensive. He's low-key. He's playing like an 8-5, borderline 9K player for, for leagues that don't count missed shots. Um, and he is going to get no ownership. So you combine the ceiling with the ownership and the price, I think Cole Anthony's a, a really good leverage play. And it's similar to De'Aaron today in, in, that, in that vein where – just, just going to get overlooked for various reasons. Um, and I know it's a huge state. That's a part of it. But ceiling is just as high as a lot of these guys. I, I don't think there's a guy with a higher ceiling in the sevens range. Um, than Cole Anthony. And you know who I think does that I'm going to go to as my leverage play? It's $100 cheaper. Let's hear it. Fred Van Fleet. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, Fred Van Fleet at 7'6". He's averaging 40 fantasy points a game. It's probably similar to Cole Anthony. I don't know what Cole Anthony that's, part, that's yeah, they're, they're averaging they've they've 40.1 calls out 41 
40.1. Him and him and Fred Van Fleet have scored the exact same amount of fantasy points this year. That's crazy. crazy. But Fred's minutes are just where I think it, it is the, the slight difference. Cole Anthony isn't going to play 40 minutes. Fred Van Fleet can go out there and play 43 yeah. minutes and, and score the rock. Tons of assists and rebounding upside, steal upside, 7-6. I just think there's a massive, massive ceiling with Fred Van Fleet. I completely agree, bro. I uh, love that call again. Not going to get much ownership either. So, and then one, my, my last leverage I'll talk about is Miles Turner at six nine. Um, he he has gotten up there in price, and what that's going to do, I don't care if Miles Turner is five k or seven k, doesn't matter to me. The guy can go out there and score eighty fantasy points. So, Miles Turner is going to be probably 0.5% owned on this slate. Um, I love it at, at six nine. The, the price is too high, but it doesn't matter. It's just going to bring the ownership down, and the ceiling is still. The yep, I, I love that. Exactly. Like when Miles Howard Turner has a ceiling game, it's like he could be damn near 8K and still be worth it. Like Miles Turner ceiling games are, are up there with 60 point upside, damn near 70 if, if things break right. Um, so I love that call despite and, I, and I've had a first first hand look. I, I've watched every Miles Turner game this year and he is locked in right now. And again, it's Miles Turner. I could change in an instant. He's not really known for being the most consistent, but right now he's hooping. Um, so I, I don't hate writing that at all. I'm going to go to another guy. I know you just talked about minutes. This is guy is literally almost the opposite. You don't know. You don't always know the minutes with this man, but this guy is turning up right now. And uh, I could see the minutes increasing because of his play, uh, especially in a, in a close game. I'm going to go Yusuf Nurkic today. Um 43 and 46 in his last two games in 21 and 26 minutes. He is producing at an insane level per minute. And my hope today is just in a close game, he gets closer to 30 than the 25 he's been getting. I don't think he's going to get any ownership, but at seven, uh, seven, two, two, it's just too cheap. And I know the minutes haven't been there, but I'm going to gamble on a night in a close game where he does get pushed a little bit over that minute where he's been. Um, and I think Nurk has 60 point upside tonight. What do you think his fantasy rate is this year per minute? Uh, I would guess like something ridiculous, like 1.4, 1.5. I'm looking right now. I'm curious because he has just been eating. Um, I'll check right now too. I got it. My book has it. At, no, my my book. My my model has it at one point three six fantasy points per minute. Yeah, that sounds just about right. Yeah, I mean, if you give the guy thirty minutes, the upside there is ridiculous. That's like, you know, fifty five, sixty point ceiling. So I, I agree with everything you said. Cool. Um, you want to give one for the road, bro? I'm out though. I'm out. Too many. I'm pretty much. I, I'm pretty much out too yeah we, so we our best you could play you can play anyone on the slate anyone because everyone's going to be low owned. you got to think about it there's like we said what 24 teams on the slate 26 teams times 15 guys on a roster there's like 400 guys you can play today 300 yeah, it's ridiculous it's a it's a ton a ton of guys that are uh possible today and yeah there, there's some sites where it's like all right got to figure out the ownership first that's not the case today. Generally, if you like a guy, he's not going to be super owned. Um, all right. That about does it for today, guys. I will say uh, right now, Bam and Tyler are game time decisions. So we just saw it yesterday, right? Bam and Tyler are going to get no ownership. And by the time they're ruled in, everyone's lineups will have already been created. So, again, it's not – if you have one lineup, don't do it. 
But there is value to having, especially Bam, a guy like Bam. Bam's Bam could be less than one percent owned today because by the time it is the last game of the day, everyone's lineups will have been already started. Bam will not. I can't see Bam getting over one percent, honestly, at this point. Same with Hero. The same with Hero. Um, so don't. I don't hate having both those guys or one of those guys in. And worst case, that he gets ruled out. You can swap to Jimmy Butler or something in a certain way. Um, but just be on the lookout for that because we saw it last night. Kevin Herter literally won people GPPs, and all you had to do was take a slight risk, and it it's definitely worth it. You might lose if they if they do suit or if they don't suit up, but the reward of winning a GPP is definitely worth it. So just be on the lookout for that. Other than that, you guys know our favorite plays. Uh, we'll be back for a, a baby slate tomorrow, but today we got 13 games. I'm excited to get down and, and grind and watch all of these games. See you guys on Twitter. Sarge, I'll see you in the cord. Thank you for doing this with me again. Wouldn't want to do it with anyone else. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Peace, everyone. Peace.